0: Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe
1: Welcome everybody to Liberty Lockdown, this is Clint Russell, your humble host. Today I have a very special interview with probably the best political analyst on YouTube. Yeah, I think that's a fair thing to say. He's absolutely brilliant, um, very libertarian leaning. I don't know if he categorizes himself as such, but uh, I think he's kind of classical liberal minarchist, not not quite ANCAP level, but brilliant, absolutely Brilliant. And I enjoyed this conversation tremendously. If you aren't familiar with him, Sticks and Hammer, 666. Make sure you go check out his, uh, I'll have all the links in the description here so you can follow him both on Twitter as well as YouTube. The man is a genius and we had a great deep dive conversation, very wide ranging from World Economic Forum, China, Russia, US politics, uh, midterm, secession, everything under the sun. Uh, So you're not going to want to miss this one. If you want to support my work, please go to libertylockdown.locals.com and sign up to become a supporting member. I do uh, AMA once a month, and I will be doing that pretty soon here, uh, where you get to come on, stream with me, ask me any questions that you have, whatever. Religion, investing, whatever you got, I can help. libertylockdown.locals.com. Without further ado, the great sticks. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Liberty Lockdown. Today I have on my favorite political analyst from the YouTube sphere. Uh, he is he has the aesthetic of a, of a cult leader with the linguistic capacity to match Mister Sticks and Hammer. Welcome aboard, sir.
2: It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, so I, let's start with this. Uh, I'm getting a lot of. I mean it's it's a constant fight amongst the libertarians as to you know coalition building, even amongst people that I think have similar priorities to what I do, which is like preventing World War Three, maybe uh, fighting the Great Reset, fighting the globalist takeover. Um, they still will give me kind of purity tests when it comes to trying to ally with, say, America first, when it comes to uh, fighting the war in Ukraine. What's, what's your tactical outlook? Uh, do you think that coalition building is possible in such a polarized world or what's your feel on it?
2: Yeah, I think that it's possible, and it generally happens, uh, but the uh, squeaky wheel gets the oil, so to speak. I think that the people who are either extreme purists um, or they're just there to shill, like you might have a leftoid or something like that that's pretending to be a libertarian or pretending to be America first or whatever, uh, will sometimes complain, but it's really a fake complaint. It's not a person who's arguing in good faith. It's a person who wants to keep that coalition from being built in the first place because it would be too powerful it would mm-hmm. overwhelm them, and they're terrified of it. I think they're terrified of MAGA. I think they're terrified of the rise of the Mises Caucus within the Libertarian Party. I think they're terrified of all of these things. By the way, the Lucht alarm is going off right now. It is the first Monday of the month. That is not a bomb raid, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> there is no World War <laughs> 3 that, That'll make
1: my audience the feel better.
2: <laughs> the dikes the have not actually broken. I'm not actually about to go swimming. <laughs>
1: So what what is that alarm? It happens it happens once a month.
2: Yeah, on the first Monday, I believe every single month they have the looked alarm, which is the bomb raid sirens that they test.
1: No kidding! Wow. <laughs> yes,
2: the first that time a... I heard it, I'm like, "Wow, is it? Re- it's really happening." What, what is the bug out bag? <laughs>
1: That would be, oh man, I, I have way too much of an anxiety issue to, to live where they do that oh, to can me once in a Can you imagine
2: if you're a tourist in Amsterdam and you're on mushrooms or, or a lot of weed or something like that and you don't know that it's going to happen and you happen to be there at the time and then you jump into the canal thinking the nukes are dropping?
1: <laughs> yes, I can imagine. I've actually done that in Amsterdam. So that would, be, that would have been a ca- catastrophic uh, timing error. Um, so uh, one thing I've, I've always found, oh, God, this is too funny to have the alarms going off. Does it last a long time? <laughs> no, it only lasts about a minute. Okay, cool. Um, so this I'll just is, pretend uh, that I'm
2: in fallout in the meantime.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Uh, well, I, I feel like I ought to skip to the end and ask you about World War III, but I'll, I'll, I'll hold off, let the <laughs> alarm pass. Um, so there's obviously a, a lot of divide amongst uh, you know, liberty-minded people when it comes to the Trump presidency and you seem to have much more of an affinity towards him than many of the libertarians that I run with do at this at this stage uh largely the lockdowns is the reason that we kind of revile him what what is it about his presidency that that gave you some sense of hope that if he were to get a second term that he would actually deliver on some of his, more of his promises
2: Well, I mean, he attempted to do so in his first term, and he was stymied mainly by the House Republicans, but they're being swept aside. Tomorrow, on August 2nd, actually, we have three additional impeachers that are probably going to lose their jobs, so uh, we're cleaning house, quite literally speaking. Uh, What I would say is this. uh, Donald Trump was not perfect. Uh, There were plenty of things that I had a problem with during his presidency. One of the first things that he suggested when he got into office was restoring CIA black sites. I thought that's a terrible idea. I didn't support the bombing of the Syrian air base and the killing, by the way, of Russian personnel at the time. I realized that it was strategically speaking, if you do believe in, you know, gung ho for the red, white and blue, it was tactically it was genius. Uh, but I, I had to oppose it on principle because I don't believe in that kind of military action on foreign soil. Uh, mm-hmm. There were things there were definitely things that he did that I didn't agree with. Uh, Mike Pence comes to mind, of course, Uh, choosing him as running mate. Uh, But there were other things that he did that were definitely pro-liberty, and it's more than we've seen from most other comparable administrations in recent history. Certainly since first-term Reagan, at a minimum, we haven't seen anything. The Right to Try Act, for example, with medications to allow people who are presumably terminally ill to try whatever experimental treatments are available was, was effectively a novel idea. There hadn't been a president who had promoted it. It had been promoted by others within politics, but he signed off on it, it got passed, and it was a good idea. The idea of lockdowns being somehow, by the way, the responsibility of Trump is completely wrong. Uh, the executive order granting a state of emergency was used differentially under the 10th Amendment by different governors. And right. so when, pe- when people revile Trump for lockdownerism, What they really need to do is understand the function of state government power at the executive level in the states by governors. Some governors never effectively locked down at all. You'd see South Dakota, Florida, I think North Dakota was on the list. Some had a very, very short period of time where there were some restrictions and then let them go, like in Texas and other states. And then some of them held on to them uh, basically until fairly recently. It was Joe Biden that openly promoted these things. Donald Trump never did.
1: Okay, well that's fair. Uh, you're much better on the Constitution than I am. Uh, it's my understanding that without that uh, national declaration, that the state governors couldn't have done these things. Is that a mistake to believe that, or is that still kind of?
2: I, I believe that even in the absence of an executive order at the federal level, they would have been able to do so at the states. It oh, would have been It would have been potentially more limited, but then you would have had to have had a, a court battle. That's the yeah. problem. And the yeah, courts well, were very, and the courts have been very amenable to the government's power on this, which is something uh, again—that's a judiciary matter, not an executive one.
1: Sure. No, I, I, I've never really gone after him on that attack vector as much as his uplifting and kind of legitimization of uh, both Fauci and Burks, having them on stage with him for that entire summer of twenty. Yeah, where- yeah.
2: Pointing Fauci was a mistake. <laughs> that yeah, was one okay. of the things that I ridiculed him for.
1: Yeah and and what I I can't wrap my head around maybe you can enlighten me if you have a persp- uh, you know an opinion uh, as to why obviously none of us are mind readers but why during the lame duck session like when he was already voted out quote unquote and he had 2 months still left in the presidency why did he not fire him I, I just I can't I can't understand it
2: uh, the problem is that he would have faced massive repercussions for doing so in the judicial sense, and it would have hazarded his ability to come back and run in 24, which I fully believe that he will do. He had to be pragmatic. Uh, the same uh, the same is true for pardoning Julian Assange. Now, I support Assange. I support WikiLeaks. I would have loved to have seen him pardoned, even though, I mean, he didn't commit any crime that he technically needs to be pardoned for. It's a witch hunt, <laughs> right, of course. Right. Um, but if he, if he had done that, Instead of the January 6th committee focusing on the insurrection hoax and saying, well, Trump kind of, sort of in a roundabout way, encouraged people to kind of sort of break the law, which is the nothing burger that we have now. He would have faced, he he would have faced a legitimate probe, Uh, not legitimate in the sense of being right or ethical, but legitimate in the sense of having actual tooth and nails. They would have been able to nail him on that. They, They probably would have him in a cell right now if he had tried to do that. In a second term, He's hmm. unhindered by these things. He no longer has to give a shit because he no longer can run for office anyway, because you know he has a second term. I do believe it is likely that we'll see far more action from a second Trump term if we get it, and I hope we do than we got in the first term. And I was reasonably comfortable with what he accomplished in the first term with regards to taxes, the border, and many other things. Yeah, well, thats and I know some I know some libertarians take up a more open borders position um i i myself do not
1: yeah neither do i um and i get a lot of hate for it but you know we we have to have some differences of opinion here and there um well that's that's fascinating i i I guess i'm gonna have to totally i'm gonna have to totally you did it to me sticks i'm gonna have to totally reevaluate my hate for trump (laughs) (laughs) um So I I wanted to talk to you. There
2: are are definitely things to criticize him for. He did not go in hard against uh, legacy media, uh, propaganda, or against tech censorship nearly as much as he should have. There are plenty of beefs. I I gave Trump a six out of ten presidency. Good, great, no, Uh, excellent, no. He's he's not up there with George Washington or (laughs) anything like that. But I want to give him a second term to let him do that.
1: That, that's fair. I mean, uh, and I think from basically any libertarian's perspective, I we all kind of appreciate him more than we do the Biden presidency, which is a complete fucking disaster. So you know, it's uh everything is is based on a sliding scale and every other president in my lifetime has been worse. So uh, I just it's just the lockdowns. you know, for me, obviously the name of my show is Liberty lockdown. the The fact that that occurred and it was the most un-American, unconstitutional, nonsensical bullshit thing i've ever experienced in my life and it began under his presidency it it feels like well if that's if that goes down under your watch you own it and and i can't i can't really let that go i don't know
2: yeah no of of course as someone who is completely anti-lockdown myself though i would say again people are choosing the wrong enemy it was effectively state level the right. fe- The federal EO, the, I mean, the the declaration of a state of emergency at the federal level simply allowed the governors more latitude in what to do. Um, some of that was not lockdown related; it was just dispensing medicine. Uh, you saw certain medicines that were not even probably allowed to still mention on YouTube, uh, were used by various states, Florida notably. Yeah. Um, that was that was authorized by the federal executive order. I wonder if people realize that the lockdown part, though, at the in the end. Um, had to be gubernatorial. It had to be state level. Trump can't simply say you can't go outside of your home. Neither can Biden, by the way. But Biden's culpability even isn't absolute. Biden, his culpability is basically encouraging those lockdowns. It's not because he created the lockdowns. They were already there. He can't force a lockdown. It was because verbally as a candidate and for the first six months of his asterisk administration, his stewardship, we'll call it, he, uh, he openly uh, promoted such ideas.
1: Yeah, no, that's true.
2: Um, d- d- up to the point, you, do you remember the uh, the one time, I can't remember exactly what month it was. Do you remember when he suggested the possibility of shutting off domestic flights to and from Florida because DeSantis wouldn't play ball? Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. I, I migrated from <laughs> California to Florida about nine months ago. So I remember that vividly. Uh, you might was... not have been
2: able to take the flight if he had been successful.
1: <laughs> uh, seriously, I and I was... Like, I still have all my family. I was born and raised in San Diego, California. I have all my family there. And I was like, I may never be able to go back to California just on the chance that they decide to do this at some point where I'd be landlocked yeah. and I'd have to drive 3,000 fucking miles to get back here. It's like, <laughs> I, I mean, truly, truly astonishing stuff. This I, I hadn't planned on asking you about this, but were you caught off guard by the, the fact that not just that the, the federal government and the state governments were willing to do this, but also that the American people went along with this? because. I mean, I guess after 9-11 and the Patriot Act and accepting the fact that we all get spied on 24-7, yeah. um, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I still was. I'm just curious what your perspective is.
2: I was disappointed in the lack of response, although there was that one happy moment. I think it was the 4th of July, 2021. You remember in Los Angeles when they banned fireworks displays? Yeah, in a way. And then there was that, that now famous clip of all of the fireworks going off over the city, and that's in <laughs> Cucked, California. So yes. that gave me hope. Uh, From here in the Netherlands, where I had been residing through the entire period, uh, lockdowns were a joke here, pretty much. The first wave for a couple of months, people generally speaking, you know, they sort of abided by like masking and shit. Uh, I never wore a mask in the next wave of the, the mask mandates and lockdowns and stuff and nobody ever cared. It was. Well, it's funny because it seems to have been more laissez-faire here in a country that's labeled socialist by both people who like and dislike socialism than it was in many parts of the land of the free. And that it uh, astonished me, actually. Yeah, yeah. It was I confusing. Bet. Yeah,
1: well, and, and it is confusing to me. I, I, that's the whole reason I've gotten politically involved. I, I got involved with the Mises Caucus. We successfully, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, took over the Libertarian Party. Excellent. It was, it was all because... All of us were so furious that the Libertarian Party didn't stand up uh, ferociously against the lockdowns when they first were announced, and it was like this: da- you don't need to fucking wait. Like this is such well, a yeah. no-brainer.
2: Didn't didn't Jorgensen though? Like prior to that, didn't she come out and congratulate Facebook for banning hate speech groups or something like that?
1: Oh, uh, there was. I think I that remember, was beforehand. Yeah, I remember <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Don't get me Very, on very her.
2: libertarian of you. A private <laughs> corporations should uh, squish you in the public square.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Well, she she's already ga- gone after my homie uh, Dave Smith. So uh, I used to not like her, and now I kind of like really don't like her. So I try not to talk about her because I don't want to get people pissed. Um, well,
2: is isn't she uh, basically a non-entity at this point? I mean, she's not. Is she in a position at all, or has she no. been basically booted? Yeah, she's been booted.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not booted. I, I'm sure she. Uh, you know, she would be welcome to assist
2: in any sort of like capacity, I guess, but she not... wants more of the Bill Weld bucks. Yeah. yeah right. you know, you know, remember Bill Weld, the uh, running mate of Johnson, and then said, I will never be a Republican again, and then ran for the Republican Party in 2020. <laughs> yeah. That was the greatest thing ever.
1: Yeah. And, and said that Hillary was well qualified to be the president. And you're like, <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: If I, if I resettle in New Hampshire at some point, I may join the uh, Free Staters on a more active basis.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome. Is that a consideration? This episode is also brought to you by Expat Money Summit. They are an upcoming online summit by my friend who has been on the show, Mikhail Thorup from expatmoney.com with over 30 experts who are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. It's free to attend, and guess who's going to be there? Just added the legend, the great Ron Paul expatmoneysummit.com or claim your freedom from chaos and uncertainty topics will include and by the way this is totally free how to secure your own plan b safe haven how to use foreign currencies offshore banking and decentralized finance to safeguard your money how to legally reduce your tax burden how and where to safely store gold silver and other precious metals where the best countries are in the world to find freedom for yourself and your family how you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions and get in and out of different countries borders you will also learn about a libertarian island haven private cities community on the ocean and food and energy independent towns in Latin America. And after this interview, you'll probably want to know where those island havens are, because I certainly will. Uh, register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what is happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Again, register for free at expatmoneysummit.com.
2: Yeah, I mean Vermont's right next to it. I was born in New Hampshire.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, I was I was
2: born in the premier libertarian state. i in G.G. Allen's homeland. I'm happy yeah. to say.
1: <laughs> you were born in the mecca. Well, I, I was just there for uh, for Pork Fest. I gave my first hour long speeches of my life, and I did two in back to back days. It was very intense. But uh, I I assume you've attended Pork Fest at some point, no?
2: No, I've never gotten the chance. No kidding! Wow. No, but I will.
1: Yeah, I just hope there's plenty
2: of pork to eat there because uh, I could use some <laughs> uh, good bacon. Yeah, BLTs. I make them well i'll have I'll have a little tent set up with the barbecue grill.
1: <laughs> well, people would be pumped to have you, man. It, it's I, I'm telling you, it is like it's such a, uh, I don't know, comforting feeling to like just hop right into a conversation. You don't have to preface it with anything. You just go like, hard on whatever you're talking about it's great
2: you don't you uh, don't have to say hey i'm a libertarian but don't worry uh,
1: <laughs> i'm not i'm, I'm not, not the crazy kind. at the moment yeah
2: yeah i'm a libertarian uh, no i don't have an automatic weapon at the moment <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's the problem most people do walk around with guns at the at the event <laughs> um so i wanted to ask you a little bit about um the cultural decline that we're experiencing and yeah uh, obviously there's there's many factors as to why it's occurred i i go so far back as to the <laughs> the inception of the Federal Reserve and the fact that we now have dual income earning uh, households, which basically has broken the family unit. And it, there's many, many issues: the welfare state, uh, warfare state. Uh, what's let's start there with kind of yeah the the inception. What, what do you blame it on?
2: Uh, all of the above and much more.
1: <laughs> okay, well, give, Marxist, me, give me some of the more Marx,
2: Marxist uh, infiltration, fascist infiltration. In fact, uh, Operation Paperclip, the adoption of Nazi mentality into the United States makes sense. Dr. Strangelove, great movie. Yes. <laughs> basically a true story. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, well, it, it is a dystopian mentality. The Fed is a problem. Uh, basically, everything after roughly the mid-19th century has been problematic in some way or another like the government gives itself more power post-civil war and, and it's pig in a pokerism because they're like well otherwise we're going to have these secessionist states and revolutions and shit so we have to lock things down to give right. themselves more power they begin priming the pump and speculating cause the great depression and then they pile on more government to pro- solve the problems that they themselves caused yep i i have trouble trying to get through to people they've been uh, they've been taught all of the low info lemming horseshit about how the Great Depression was caused by private companies like the plutocratic crowd in in their books. And I try to explain to them those plutocrats only existed in part because of government carpetbagging and grants that was enabled in the first place by the growth of government and their eyes glaze over. It's like an impossible task trying to explain it. Oh,
1: my God. I mean, just it's such an obvious modern cognate with the current tech oligarchs, which have much yeah. of their much of their should, ip came from yeah. uh, you know darpa cia shit like that so
2: exactly we should go back to the antebellum period without slavery and everything would be fine
1: i, I honestly that's like if if you just could have not had fucking slavery during that period i could yeah. actually point at that and be like 1850s america
0: best time best time to be in america exactly i just
2: all i want to do is go on the steamship through through <laughs> missouri and then i want to eat you know corn and <laughs> it sounds wanna, comfy and i want
1: to paint fences with
2: uh yeah we don't need slaves because we we are all we're all working on our own plantations growing our own (laughs) crops so you know fuck slavery and uh everything's fine
1: yeah man uh maybe lots of guns yes uh post apocalypse i think that's that's where i'll end up um so what let's get into the solution aspect uh you know libertarians uh, and i'm not classifying you Mm -hmm. as one capital l but uh libertarians Mm -hmm. always struggle with cultural decline because we tend to believe you know don't use the state to enforce your will and and reimagine the world in your your likeness your preference um and i think it has largely been to the detriment of libertarians that live here you know live on earth it's like well sure we've sat back and we've basically not been willing to use state power and and we've had our enemies using state power against us to indoctrinate our children and do xyz Mm -hmm. that has has caused this issue um Is there any mechanism that's not state-oriented? And if you want to go into the state-oriented solutions, I'm open to that as well.
2: Yeah, I I would say that uh, it's like the Ring of Sauron now, isn't it? Uh, You can use the Ring of Power and turn invisible, but then you get fucked in the ass in the end. (laughs) What I would say is the best thing that libertarians can do is overwhelm the lower-level state edifices, especially related to elections and policing, and nullify laws by holding the sheriff's offices, for example. Yeah, I mean, if you have non-prosecution, if the prosecutor that's you know put in that position, if the elected judge uh, appointing them or working with them happens to be libertarian, there's no more problem. We see this beginning in New Hampshire, although I wish they'd branch out into Vermont because it has half the population. I think it would be fruitful and there's enough people to do so. Oh, um, I-, I would say take over the government at the lower and state levels. Lower first, then state. Nullify as many laws as you can get hip to jury nullification, that's a big one, jury nullification really does help, it ended prohibition and, and that was a big thing at the time, mm-hmm. um, and then reduce the state's power using the state's power to do so. Any other use of that state power will corrupt the individuals that are using it. There should be effectively a, I mean, you can have a plethora of different platforms, pro-gun, um, um, pro-free speech, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all very good things, very libertarian. The main platform, though, just needs to be, we're going to get in there, and we're going to rip apart the bureaucracy, and we're going to reduce the state's overall function, and we're going to use that state power on a limited basis, Pinochet-style effectively, just to cripple the federal government, and then we're going to leave well enough alone. Mm. That's the only only thing that needs to be done. It's actually relatively simplistic. You only need a small minority of the population to uh, engage in such behavior, and you can effectively nullify federal law, too. Imagine if three or four states, not even well-populated ones, three or four states up in the, uh, the upper western is Idaho and Montana and stuff, vast areas of land, Wyoming and the Dakotas. You get half a million people, maybe a million people into those states that are willing to subsume local and state government and effectively refuse to cooperate with federal law. What's the federal government going to do about it? Is it going to occupy an enormous proportion of the entire nation's land area? And fend off a bunch of other people, millions of people that don't want them there.
1: Yeah, well, not unless they bring home the troops, and <laughs> they, they yeah, kind of like doing do that. that so, yeah. yeah, they
2: can't even they can't even recruit enough troops to uh, keep them stationed right now.
1: No, that's true. It's it's I mean, it's incredible. That that's actually an interesting uh, side question. Do you think that we have been uh, infiltrated by some foreign? Uh, other than Israel, some foreign government uh, that that is, uh, you know, shoving these vaccine mandates or is it just about loyalty? So they're willing to not have military readiness because they they mm-hmm. want to purge any free thinking person from the military. Like, why the it's, hell is that happening? I,
2: I explain it by sheer incompetence. Mostly okay. it's just it's just an offshoot of a general sort of platform that's been used by the Democrats, especially and liberals in general, regardless of party neocons like McCain, of course. Um, to try to get the woke, the id poll crowd to vote for them. And so they have to be woke. They're not really. I mean, Joe Biden's pushing 80 years old. When he tells his story about how his dad told him it was okay they were in love when he saw two gay dudes kissing in the 1950s, uh, laugh and a half, it was the most funny thing that I've ever heard because that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> Quite clearly, it never happened. Uh, he'd be the most progressive fucker in the entire world if that had- <laughs> It's a dude born in the 1880s or something like that. Oh, she said, yes, son, they're in love. And then Joe Biden imbibed that for the rest of his life, even though his voting record as a senator says completely otherwise. Um, right. they, have to be, they have to be woke. And so what they've done inadvertently, and I do believe this is genuinely inadvertent, is that they've weakened the U.S. military in the process. But I mean, as long as the U.S. military is basically just droning third world children anyway, which is what they generally do... It doesn't take a genius to operate that kind of equipment. The pink haired freak, you know, woke person can do that just as easily as the muscle bound <laughs> steroid user. So
1: the 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 modern warfare specialist can uh you know just yeah, play modern warfare. They just warfare. play
2: they call of duty for call of duty for two or three hours a week <laughs> exactly. and they're ready. Yeah.
1: Then they can go take out uh you know churches and weddings and it's no problem yeah that's current a- mission
2: blow up the orphanage <laughs> These children great- have sinned
1: <laughs> that, that's a great point about biden it only took him 60 years after his dad taught him that lesson <laughs> to finally come around to accepting gay marriage exactly
2: it was Holy just like shit. hillary clinton oh yeah, my even, god or, or even obama for that matter he was right. a civil union senator in <laughs> 2008 yeah yeah I mean, it's
1: unbelievable
2: he, um, he was later, I mean, I had embraced the concept of, well, it's a state marriage contract is basically for property. I don't care if gay people get a state contract. I was saying that in the middle of the 2000s, long before Obama even jumped aboard with civil unions. Of course. I wasn't yeah. even a libertarian at the time.
1: Oh, no kidding. Wow. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you about secession because uh, I know that you're opposed to it to a large extent. Yes. And and I think that's a, an interesting Especially what you just said, where, you know, if you were to basically nullify and take over, say, Montana, New Hampshire, et cetera, that what are the odds that the federal government comes in and and actually keeps troops on the ground to maintain Mm -hmm. their power structure? uh, Given your perception on that, how is it or why is it that you still uh, are kind of averse to the secession? Mm -hmm. idea? Well,
2: separatist groups that are using state power protected by the 10th are protected in their nullification of federal laws. If they Mm -hmm. attempt to secede in open rebellion, they're no longer protected because the state power has been dissolved. It's no longer Uh, officially, it's no longer a self-declarative part of the United States. Uh, The idea, for instance, of the free state insofar as you're talking about the nullification of federal power, the use of state power to literally reduce its own state's power, and the, uh, the right of individuals to do what they want, be unimpeded by all the bureaucracy and stuff, is a very good and noble idea. I personally believe that there is a little bit more of a cerebral explanation for some of the people that are claiming a libertarian secession and that it's basically a Trump style big ask. So the big ask is, mm. hey, we're just going to leave the United States altogether. Fuck off and leave us alone. Do not tread on me. Right. The real reality is that they're hoping to scare the lame stream enough so that eventually it throws up its hands and says, whoa, 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 let's not get too hasty here, dudes. Now, we, want to, we want We don't want uh, millions of people to die. We see you've got grievances, and here we're going to give ground. It's an attempt to force the left to do what the left has forced everyone else to do for decades and decades now, which is to cede ideological and political ground. I support it completely, but I wouldn't support – I would not support the concept of an armed rebellion because it would fail.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I I mean we – at least everybody that I run with in the LP is always talking about it from a, a peaceful secession vantage point, yeah. not not yeah, arming which up. Which
2: can't, but that the problem is that a peaceful secession can't happen. It would be well, you would immediately get invaded. So,
1: well, yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, I mean non-aggressive secession. Yeah. So, still, still with personal defense in mind, but not with kind of like a uh, an actual um, yeah. forward-leaning. Directions. So. You,
2: you would what I would say is that secession and balkanization and things like that mm-hmm. are retreat tactics and they're weak. And nobody's going to respect such a movement. Nobody's going to, I mean, half the people wouldn't even end up taking picking up their gun if such a thing happened. What you need is to take over the whole United States and reform it. And it is mm-hmm. possible for libertarians to do this. The average person is very libertarian when it comes to themselves. All you have to do is imbibe the concept into their brains that that's the case. It's when it comes to other people that they become authoritarian, busybodies, and nimbyists.
1: Yeah. Well, let, let's dig into that a little bit more, because I think that <clears> the <throat> the primary mechanism by which we have failed to uh, indoctrinate our fellow countrymen uh, <laughs> is that is that, the obviously, the schooling apparatus as well as the media is ran by our enemies. At least that's mm-hmm. what I view them as. Um how do we how do we break through that
2: uh, new tech helps definitely sure. uh, you, yeah. using to using communications platforms that aren't part of that same nexus as far as education it seems to be solving itself hell there are liberals now that hate the public education system and homeschooling is soaring on so That's yeah true. Uh, I, I see this as a huge victory over the last couple of years and it'll raise the educational standards
1: yeah, no, the, I mean, that has been the the primary silver lining. If there is one to be found in the lockdown COVID hysteria, it has been the incredible uptick in, in homeschooling. So And CRT
2: I, is another big one.
1: In terms of like highlighting and understanding what was going on with it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's alienated millions and millions of parents. They've abandoned school systems because right. of this. Right. At some no. point, we'll be able to make the argument that we should no longer have any sort of uh, involuntary school tax system. I personally think that if a person's homeschooling, they should get that tax uh, allocation for themselves. It should be per student.
1: 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, that seems like such a slam dunk. I, that's the weirdest thing about the conservatives or the Republicans is like they they understand this stuff, and yet it doesn't seem to really be catching fire. Do you think that that's what we ex- will, will witness over the next four to ten years?
2: Well, it's because a lot of them are cucks, but the cucks are being forced out of office again. Tomorrow, we may see four more of them fall by the wayside, and I hope that that happens. The MAGA crowd is considerably less reluctant to cuck on such issues. Yeah. I mean it's God. not perfect. I mean, there, there are things that I disagree with. Uh, part of it is the evangelical moralist aspect of some of these people. Uh, as a non-religious person myself, spiritual, but I don't believe yeah. in in really I, I literally believe in the separation of church and state um i some of it rankles me and i find it unhelpful in a pragmatic sense uh, but mostly the maga side of the republican party is better it's not perfect but it's an improvement i, think I, we've I completely this. agree
1: yeah no i completely agree I, <clears throat> and i'm i'm in the same boat as you where it's funny because i find myself in better company when i'm with the america first MAGA people, like in terms of conversational and and having some grounds from which we can find agreement. And yet they do have some aspects of the kind of Christian conservative 1990s, you know, reverse cancel culture type thing going on. And
2: it's not even reverse cancel culture. It's just a different version. I I would say it kind of depends on the conversation, though, because if you talk to even like the MAGA crowd on guns, they don't want recreational McNukes. Uh, and mail-ordered, uh, sure. uh, you know, machine guns and stuff. The libertarians generally do. So I'd get along with them better on guns, I
1: suppose. Okay, well, that's fair. Um, you said that, that uh, secession would be evidence of weakness. I, I view it more as not so much, or er, I think you actually said in your debate with uh, with JF that you, you saw it as evidence of failure. I think that it, obviously, it can be, and one could even argue that we have failed. I mean, the fact that we've gotten to the biggest... Government in human history with an empire that's damn near limitless. Uh, I think there's fair arguments to be had that we have failed, Uh, but also I think that there's responsible retreat or tactical retreat where you go, okay, we're not, we haven't won in this way, so this is a a new trajectory to take it. I'm not, I'm not like this is the one and only path. Secession has to happen. I think that as you said, the big ass with Trump, that it could absolutely be an opening negotiation ploy to try and get them to finally fucking listen to us and and I hope that that comes to pass but I I ultimately think that that there is a chance that if we don't start to break this country up that we end up well I guess I guess my vantage point is is really that secession is going to happen naturally anyways, because I think that the USA is on the path of the USSR. Uh, do you have any opinion as to whether or not no, I, I would this?
2: say that the, the U.S. has another century left in it as far as being a major oh, player in the world. Uh, and that's because uh, when we look at the age of empires uh, being roughly 200 years, the U.S. can't really be counted uh, as being one until after the end of World War II. I would actually push it back further. Uh, in agreement with some people, and say it was around the time of the Spanish-American War and the sailing of the Great White Fleet. That's Mm. roughly when the United States, finally, it's capable of projecting from both coasts. It's become a cohesive enough unit. We're talking the Teddy Roosevelt era thereafter, roughly through the 20s. I would say that's roughly the era in which the United States became what you could generally conceive of as an empire. It becomes a major player in the world of culture, economics, diplomacy. Nobody cared and nobody gave a shit about U.S. diplomacy up until at least the end of the uh, 19th century.
1: This episode is also brought to you by my friend Isaac over at CareerHackers.com. This man is brilliant and the work that they have done to help thousands and thousands of job applicants become better uh, suited for the ever increasing uh, competitive job market. And it's going to get a lot more competitive here soon. This is another free resource. So no excuses. If you are in a job position that you feel at all insecure or they've treated you poorly during the past year or two or 10, uh, this is your opportunity to, to become a better job applicant so that when you t- it's time to take that leap, you are ready. Go to careerhackers.com. Sign up for the daily job hunt. It's free. Cost you nothing. It's a once daily email that will give you information on how to become that applicant that the employers are looking for. Again, careerhackers.com. Yeah. That's, that's oh, the, oh, the U
2: S has lodged a complaint against the Spanish empire. <laughs> who cares?
1: <laughs> right. And, okay. and so
2: I, I, think that it will be fine. What I worry about is not so much the U S breaking apart, but becoming not worth defending. And I think this is one way in which empires tend to fall, which is that the people who normally would take up sword, with great virulence and vehemence and take up arms in on behalf of their country, stop wanting to bother doing so because they're like, well, uh, it's no better than this other country that's invading. Why the fuck do I give a shit? And yeah. so you end up with a situation like the marginal territories between what has traditionally been the German and Russian cores in the world, spending like 1500 years constantly going back and forth. And the people like the peasants farming cabbages in between, they're like, Oh, Another day, another invasion. Please don't trample my crops, because is I mean it's not it doesn't even make sense to uh, pick a side. They're both the uh, the same.
1: Man, you you are just like a historical wealth of knowledge. What what have you done to to accumulate all of this information? Just the lots of reading? and
2: lots of reading.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems. I mean much.
2: i've I've edited almost I've edited over four hundred uh, books, <laughs> mostly on spiritual oh. topics. But.
1: Oh, interesting! Wow, I didn't realize that.
2: Yeah, I, no, wow. I love uh, I love spiritual topics, even though I'm not religious. Uh, people, you know, uh, need to understand I do believe in the spiritual.
1: Yeah, is it, uh, is it more of the like ayahuasca type spiritual, where you or where, where do you? Lean well, at? I've
2: definitely done that. Uh, I was Botany 101 years ago on YouTube, actually, and yes, I took a various I took various mind altering <laughs> substances. Swim <laughs> told me to take them. And uh, that was very, very enlightening. Um, uh, yes, but uh, generally I'm an occultist. Okay. So I just, I, I see the spiritual as a search for truth. I don't belong to a church or a coven or a, or any organization or anything like that. I used to be a Satanist years and years ago. I left that behind because it's basically just atheism with robes. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, and I think we probably come from similar backgrounds in that uh, I was, I would say I was probably more atheist leaning when I was young, and then I did <laughs> mushrooms a couple times, and I was like, "Nope, there's something, there's something." Like I, I don't know what it is exactly, and I, and I never have gone to formal religion, but meditation's been a big uh, part of my life for the past decade or so. Yeah, and
2: meditation's good. Yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely helped. Um, all right, well then. Oh, you had you had also said during that debate with JF that uh, that red states would dominate the blue. And I've, I found that that kind of an interesting point. Um, I guess the way I the way I've envisioned secession happening, if it were to happen in, in the, say, the next five to 10 years, which I think is highly unlikely. But if it were to that, you would probably see the the federal, you know, the federal government and the U.S. military would be in alignment with the the blue states. So I don't see them. I don't see the red states really trampling them because you would still have the nuclear arsenal held by the, <laughs> the blue states, no?
2: No, I, I think what would end up happening is more city versus rural district and the rural districts encompass 95% of the US surface area. If not a majority of the population, they control the food, they have a lot more guns. And I think that you would find that if you add all of that firepower to various state guards in states that would join with them, um, it would very quickly demoralize the federal troops. Um, and and any inner city forces, which are completely at the behest of the rural areas to feed them, I think it would last a few weeks
1: at hmm. most. So, so you don't see it as as state secession movements as much as city versus yeah, rural.
2: It's it's more it's more localized. If you had a situation, if if it fell along the partisan lines that have been drawn today, where you have a, a group of people who are more they want the American tradition, they want to be left alone, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have that more top-down, that federal-heavy group. The latter would be primarily located in big cities, which are not self-sustaining. They're ports of trade, et cetera, et cetera. They've got a lot more wealth overall and a lot more population, but they can't feed themselves. They're less well-armed. And those groups wouldn't take up arms at all because they literally express the mentality that they don't need to do anything. The cop will do it for them. Mm -hmm. They don't need to self defend I don't need to fight you. The soldier will do it for me. I have a feeling that the majority of the U.S. military would refuse to follow orders anyway, and the idea of them using nukes on domestic soil would be absolutely asinine. That's something like out of Swalwell's fever dreams, where he said, well, (laughs) you think your AR-15 can defeat the U.S. military? And then then people are pointing out, well, I mean, the Taliban managed to make it work.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, and then even our current fucking lunatic president said... You need F 15s to fight us. It's like, good God, man. I, it's just, it's bizarre that. Good luck there's... refueling them when every single fuel
2: line has been sabotaged.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it really is amazing, though, that we have, you know, sitting politicians that talk so openly about, like, you don't have a chance of defending yourself against us. It's like, do you understand that, like, the vast majority of the military is not down with fucking up the American people? Like, yeah. like it's just, it's a bizarre perspective. Maybe I, another think...
2: reason they're trying to make it woke, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's part of it. Absolutely. If I was a general that was presiding over some sort of, you know, totalitarian military apparatus, I'd be like, yeah, we need to get rid of people that are free thinking. And, and I think that, you know, forced vaccination was a great litmus test for whether or not you're willing, especially these young, perfectly healthy, in great shape, young men. It's like, yeah, why would they get this stuff?
2: How Uh, dare you presume their gender?
1: (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, so you'll you, we'll get
2: you'll get us banned oh no yeah. youtube
1: forgive us <laughs> you had said that uh that we have another 100 years as an empire or or approximately um i'm of the belief that we don't simply because i don't believe that our our economic backdrop will be sustained i think that the u.s dollar res- reserve status is very much in doubt uh you you're starting to see forces or um coalitions that are building between it's been happening for a while but it's in earnest over the past few years it's really started to pick up pace uh with russia and china and you know the BRICS. uh i think that the u.s dollar is the strongest of the worst you know of it's kind of a a race to the bottom and we're sitting at the top of the toilet bowl but i still think that that within the next decade or two we could really see the death of fiat globally because there's just been such immense uh debt spending and borrowing and things of that nature and printing obviously yeah um Well, I don't see that
2: as—I don't see the death of the dollar if it happens at all, and and I don't predict that. But if it does, I don't see that as a weakness. I see that as an opportunity for crypto and precious metals and for bartering. So I don't—I don't don't see the problem here. The death of the U.S. (laughs) dollar—I can trade a cabbage straight across for that bag of carrots locally. I don't give a shit. (laughs) No, I'm with you on that.
1: I'm I'm with you on that. But I'm saying in terms of the federal government maintaining its stranglehold of power, Mm -hmm. like if if they can't. Especially when you yeah. have so many people that are, are reliant on, uh, you know, tax largesse to care for them, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, mm-hmm. uh, welfare, yeah, food problem, stamps. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if their dollar doesn't buy food, well, what
2: the fuck? Well, will. I don't think that the dollar will collapse either. Uh, What I've often said is a lot of people still think of the dollar as the petrodollar. We know that old meme. It's based on oil and and strangulating oil sales in third world countries. It's actually the aircraft carrier dollar. So long as it's backed by naval and air supremacy, which it is, it's not going anywhere as a reserve currency. Certainly, uh, probably not as the main reserve currency. Uh, Really, really, uh, Russia is no longer really a threat on that count. They aren't really investing much in their Navy, they're still too busy building tanks and artillery. China's the main competitor. And I would say second to that, probably the French. Um, yeah. The latter, I don't think, have enough resources to really pony up. And the Chinese do, but they tend to mismanage things. I think that China's more likely to collapse than the United States in the next 10 years.
1: I completely agree with you, and I think it'll probably be less than five. Um, I hope so. Yeah, no, I mean, I, honestly. But see, this is the thing, like, is... Obviously, there's a collapsitarian optimist perspective where you go, okay, the, you want to see totalitarian states collapse. Like, that's a net positive for humanity if you survive it. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, the USSR's collapse uh, and disillusion to a large extent was was an amazing, uh, kind of miraculous success in, in the fact that we didn't have nuclear war that, that happened because of it. I'm not so sure that we get that lucky if we see, say, the US or China or any of these other nuclear powers fall. Uh, What gives you optimism that we can actually weather that?
2: Well, I I think that uh, the government is still comprised of people that were raised in that culture. And there is still usually some humanity in enough of them, I think, to keep them from pressing the little red button just because their culture is having problems. Like, for instance, if China were to begin collapsing, they're very good at micromanaging things. It wouldn't be a complete collapse. It would be effectively... The partial retreat of Balkanization that some people are encouraging for the United States. Mm. So, Tibet might split off. They might, the government gets overhauled. And instead of a, an avowed communist regime, you get basically the same thing, but it suddenly calls itself democratic and has controlled opposition parties. Um, mm. <laughs> that, that's probably what you would get in China more than anything else. It wouldn't be a true, uh, it wouldn't be a pro liberty le- uh, revolution. It would just be the displacement of the old dross with something marginally better. Uh, but I do think that that will happen in the next decade.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I I mean, in terms of uh, you know debt spending and and uh, top down central planning of the economy, it's just like if you if you are a, at all an Austrian economist person, you have to believe that they're not going to be able to manage that better. it's it's fascinating because a lot of people, even the libertarians, have have kind of been duped into believing that like yes like China, look at their incredible growth over the past 30 years. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's based off of debt spending and it's based off of central planning. Like, yes, you can you can absolutely lift people out of poverty, especially when you have a billion of them and you're able to uh industrialize while everywhere everywhere else is exporting their labor to you. It's like they had they had such incredible growth because of all that, but that process <laughs> ends and and, it and, also because
2: of, and also because of foreign investment. A huge proportion of all of the growth was because Western firms were rope-doped into investing in the in the country because they said, well, the United States is hyper regulated. I can pay people here $20 an hour, or I can pay people in China $3 an hour to do exactly the same job. I take out a loan, zero percent interest. Thanks, you thanks, Uncle Sam. I build the factory, I hire a bunch of people in China, nobody cares. And I can abuse my workers. I can spew out toxic fumes. Uh, Xi Jinping doesn't give a shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that that kind of flows naturally into the next question about the Great Reset and the the fact that we we are allowing a um, bunch of technocratic lunatics to cut carbon. I I well, let's start here. First off, I think that many of the people that are going along with this are true believers, and they've they've bought the indoctrination that. You know anthropogenic global warming is the end of humanity and ultimately any sacrifice necessary in the interim is is justifiable because otherwise billions of us will die and blah blah blah. Um, But I think that the people that are actually you know at the top that are making these decisions probably are just power mad lunatics and they don't really believe that. Okay so that's your assessment. I, I
2: completely agree and the way that we know this is by looking at their actions if they really believed that, even for the, just just for the purpose of their own progeny, because many of them do have kids, they have extended relatives sure. and stuff, the the sheer genetic drive to maintain their lineage alone would cause them to act differently if they genuinely believed it. You wouldn't see the Obamas buying a Martha's Vineyard uh, McMansion two feet above sea level. You yeah. wouldn't see Al Gore owning several private jets, and Michael Moore would not have a twenty bedroom home. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, they, they're they still eating filet mignon and cracked lobster a la carte and all of these other things. They just want you to eat the bugs. It's yeah. because they're greedy.
1: Yeah, well, and they're taking G5s to fucking Davos to talk about how I need to not eat steak anymore. It's like, yeah. I don't know how anybody takes these people seriously, but unfortunately, our our
2: intelligentsia, our, our you know, our... Uh academic yeah just think these people these people are so rich that when they have a ribeye steak they marinate it with uh liquefied caviar first and then they go to epstein island and they liquid and they uh (laughs) marinate something else that's the whole problem
1: i thought that's where you're going with it originally i was like i was like oh my god he's gonna say it he's gonna say it um (laughs) so so my myself (laughs) so my my opinion is that once again um be the same Uh, operating thesis from which I've concluded that China will ultimately fall before the U.S. does, I feel the same way about the technocratic central planners of the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum. I think that ultimately their their plans will fail. But what I do find fascinating is that because they are tampering with such fundamental necessities to life, which is now food supply, you live somewhere where you're seeing uh, protests that or mm-hmm. are you near there I, I should ask i guess i don't um, know
2: there there have been some uh, over here near anschede but mostly it's on the other side of the country okay. or and uh, end up in friesland uh, there have been some sporadic shortages of certain goods it's nothing particularly unmanageable like i'm not going to have to go without tomatoes for example at right. least at the at, at the moment it's seemingly calm but yes there are protests still
1: okay yeah. And I mean, this, the fact that it's happening in multiple countries at the same time, like, I don't even, I hate that I have to even preface this with like, sure, I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but like, they're fucking, they're in the wide open about it. It, it doesn't make any sense that it's happening in multiple countries yeah. simultaneously. Like, this is a real thing. It's fucking happening. So um, let's start there. <laughs> are, the, is it real? And, and are they, are they sincere in, in their willingness to run this, you know, into the rocks because it does like you just said you just said that like they have progeny that they have to care for I don't understand this mentality that they think that they can actually force 7 billion people to stop eating what they're going to keep eating which is steak and beef and everything or chicken or whatever and not expect us to rise up at some point. It seems like a suicidal path to be on.
2: Well, well, a lot of people won't rise up because they're mind slaves. That's the whole problem. They're, they don't True. need the whole population to be tolerant of what they're doing. They only need a significant enough proportion of the population to do so. All right. you have to do is fool 55, 60% of the population, and the rest of them will end up falling in line because they're constantly confronted by people who say that you're wrong.
1: Well, that's that's we witnessed that during lockdowns. There's no exactly. doubt that's true.
2: Yeah, exactly. But, 30, 30 percent of the population says fuck the masks, but most of them will end up wearing them anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, God, I wish you weren't right, but you are. But <laughs> I think to black pill here. <laughs> but at some point, you know, the the suffering gets to be so extraordinary. Like if, if you have hyperinflation, which. Obviously, if you're going to print trillions of dollars while you also lock down a huge percentage of the economy, you're going to create inflation. It was, you know, it was 100% assured. That's what we were going to experience. And yet they proceeded anyways. Um, If the pain gets so significant, even if you don't have, even if you have more than half of the population that is uh, indoctrinated, still, if you have 30 or 40% of the people that understand what's occurred to them and they are unwilling to allow it to persist, you could see Real jeopardy to these mostly,
2: people. mostly they're too afraid to take the first shot. The other thing that I would point out True. is that there, there's no attempt to completely destroy people's lives generally. There will always be people living under bridges and stuff. What they want is for you to be less comfortable, but they want to find out exactly where the right margin is, where you're fundamentally partially reliant on government because you have no choice and you're not very comfortable. So you don't have the leisure time to learn. uplift yourself and certainly not to protest or talk back but you're not uncomfortable enough to take up arms and revolution Mm, that's the, the entire goal of the wef globalist crowd is to find that very very happy point for them where they can maximize the amount of wealth that they have and minimize the amount of possible mobility everyone else has without those people rising up and killing them (laughs)
1: <laughs> i can't help but notice it's the even co-
2: it's even worse it's literally worse it's more sinister than if they just were complete despots medieval style and said you know what live on a cabbage a week fuck you no you're, it's you're worse. so
1: right no you're so right but i can't help but notice the cognate between what you just described and what the central banks have to do now where they're trying to find that glide path that soft landing <laughs> where you know they've broken the fucking economy and yet they're going to try and hike interest rates just to that right amount where it slows down demand but we don't end up in a great depression globally and then we don't how, rise up. How, much un-
2: how many homeless unemployed people can <laughs> the economy weather before people start getting angry?
1: Hmm. Yes yeah I mean can honestly, you imagine
2: their boardroom meetings too and they've got the hundred dollar glass of champagne and the caviar dipping bowl and the cigars and stuff like that. And it's just, the funny thing is, a lot of these people will cast themselves off as progressive and they'll have like the gay pride flag on their Twitter avatar for their bank every single June. Uh, But then when they get into the boardroom, they look just like a villain out of an 80s movie. Yes.
1: Oh, no, totally.
2: (laughs) neon lights and everything.
1: They act like it too. Uh, Well, I I didn't intend to ask you about this, but it seems, I would imagine that you're privy to it. Have you looked into the ESG stuff at all? Uh, Which stuff? The ESG, uh, environmental, social, and governance, basically the mechanism by which the World Economic Forum has has put wokeness into corporate America.
2: Uh, I haven't looked into any specific paperwork on that topic. No.
1: Okay. Cool. Well, um, that is. I- I'm telling you, man, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna lose your mind when you read this shit. In, in 2004, they implemented it. Um, Kofi Annan of the United Nations. They they got 50 of the biggest. Obviously, banks, Deutsche Bank, Chase, J.P. Morgan, all, all these, all these people on board. Goldman Investors, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they and they implemented this stuff. But um, what what blew my mind is once I realized, because uh, I, I I had been trying to figure out like why why did the wokeification of corporate America happen? Because these people are interested in profits, and if you're gonna alienate you know the biggest demographic, which is white people, which they have done with their marketing campaigns for the past de- ten years. Um, It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like ultimately, I because I was a business person, I was a mortgage broker, so I was trying to figure out like why are they trying to why are they not seemingly concerned with their bottom line? And then I figured out this ESG thing. Anyways, I I won't waste your time with it. But uh, (laughs) I'm telling you, man, it is it is absolutely like the the linchpin to the mechanism by which they have implemented it, and and it's ingenious. Like I I always go back and forth between like whether or not I believe these people are. Uh, idiots are sinister, and I think from the world, world Economic Forum level, I think they're honestly sinister. I don't, I don't yeah. think that they are are so. I mean, obviously, I think they're they're idiots too. But um, what do you think about their their capacity? Are these are these people? Uh, I think
2: I think generally it leans towards the sinister. I would point out that the alienation thing doesn't mean so much from a corporate perspective. If you've created all of the monopolies on products that the government has. True. Uh, and there, there are only three products, and they're all from those woke companies. It doesn't matter. You can have an ad that says, fuck white people, and white people still need to buy cereal. So, <laughs> hey, guess what? They're buying the cereal from the company that says that they hate them. And at well, the end of the day, of course, the people that are running the company are also white. They, they don't actually hate those people. They're just trying to sell their product, and they're making a lot of money. Amazon, I think, put it best, though. You remember when, I think it was two years ago, they had that internal circular and it said that workplace diversity is great because it prevents unionization. Do oh, you remember God. that?
1: I it, Yes, I do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I mean.
2: Talk about, talk about wokeness.
1: Yeah. Well, and uh, honestly, they don't even have to worry about offending uh, the consumer because ultimately the vast majority of people that are buying these products are college graduates that have come out and been indoctrinated into believing that they're pieces of shit. And they, they should be told that they're pieces of shit. And they're what like, I'm going to go is- shop here.
2: What you should do is make some product that's reasonably good, and the the whole ad is "you're a dumb fuck, just fucking buy it." You're a dumbass, but if you eat this, maybe you'll stop being a dumbass. I that's... hate you. Buy my cereal. All
1: right, I know what I know what the promo for this episode is going to be now. St- <laughs> Sticks gives me marketing tips. <laughs>
2: Because I think it's 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 absurd enough to work, especially with Gen Z and Millennials being totally like meme scrambled. You'd probably sell a lot of product. Hundred percent. When would you make millions up. of dollars, remember who gave you the idea.
1: <laughs> you don't believe in IP, so you can take this idea, run with it, folks. Go out there and <laughs> create create the new iPhone. Anyways, thank you so much for joining me, man. It has been an honor to uh, to meet you, talk to you, and uh, go ahead and tell people where they can follow you. I'm sure most people already do.
2: Yeah, you can uh, follow me at stick666official on Twitter and multiple other networks, or just sticks hex and 666. Generally speaking,
1: awesome. Well, this guy does uh, at least once a day. It seems like uh, a live stream, usually 10 to 15 minutes, and they are always phenomenal. I think. Oh no, I no, no! Think...
2: They're longer than that now. I do uh, hour hour and 10 minutes now.
1: Oh, every every day now?
2: Yeah, uh, for the last month, I streamed every single day.
1: Oh wow! I only watched the ten minute ones, so I got to check out the longer ones. My bad. <laughs> I, I just spent the past two hours before we did this uh, checking out your latest, and I was like, even when I disagree with you, like I can't help but go like, this dude's analysis is good though. Um, so, have you ever have you ever considered? Uh, I, I know you're probably doing decently as an in independent, but uh, have you ever considered like a network role?
2: No, no. <laughs> I like Short it. and sweet. I like good to be answer. very. I, I've I've always strived for independence over everything else because I trust in myself to make good content.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, uh, before I let you go, I, I'd be <laughs> remiss not to ask: Do you have any interest in in? Uh, in getting involved with american politics uh, just because i am i am involved mm-hmm. with the libertarian party and i know that they would probably love to have you so i curious. i would
2: i would consider in the future running for something that's local or state level but i have no intention towards any national level politics because can you imagine me in dc <laughs> i can't it would be
1: incredible <laughs> just just don't get in these small aircrafts
2: you i I'd definitely I'd, I'd have to sell my soul and embezzle money from my uh, campaign funds to pay for a place that actually has. A garden. If I did that, <laughs> exactly, I'd have to become a sleazy, corrupt politician. Everyone would hate yeah.
1: Me. yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't don't go network and don't become a, a national level politician. <laughs> Anyways, thanks so much for joining me, man.
2: It was a pleasure. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you guys so much for tuning in. What an honor to have on sticks. He is brilliant. Just as I told you, I really hope that you guys will go over and support his show. Uh, I think he does legitimately the best. You know, ten minutes to an hour long uh analyst uh, analysis rather analysis i'm i didn't sleep last night so forgive me uh he's great <laughs> you already know he's great go su- support his show subscribe and uh i will catch you the rest of this this month is absolutely bonkers if you haven't subscribed to my show make sure you like comment do the whole thing uh dave smith's coming on alex stein is coming on god who else oh my brain's so broken right now It's huge. It's huge. This month is huge. I got so many people. Josie the Redhead Libertarian will come on next week, as well as Anomaly, one of my favorite rappers, thinkers, just he's awesome. Um, And Adam Krigler, too. I, I mean, ridiculous. This month is going to be absolutely absurd. So yeah, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like, make sure you comment, and go support my work. Just do it. Fuck it libertylockdown.locals.com I gotta go to bed I'm
0: out
1: big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street appreciate
0: y'all Welcome to Liberty Lockdown Please scan your barcode Your Liberty ain't gone But yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you are riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus is scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane You're probably wondering What's happening. Scared Hollywood Lefties lyrical in A typo and Luke Might bring them nooses We all bite the bullet I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit Didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot But now I'm the shit